Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths about the good news that crosses all boundaries. There is no different gospel. I preach the same gospel to Mexicans when I go to Mexico, to South Americans, to over in Europe. I have never asked, well, do you have the English gospel? Do you have the Mexican gospel? No, the gospel is the gospel. It's the same. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Get rich quick. Make money while sitting at home. Though we know better than to invest in something too good to be true, it's easy to overlook that when we want that something to be true. Well, today Pastor Xavier reminds us of the unchanging truth found in Scripture about God's only plan for salvation. Let's join him as he presents the case supporting the good news of the gospel. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. The message is entitled, In Defense of the Gospel. Now in verse 1 through 5, the focus is on the false brethren. Verses 6 through 10, the focus is the true brethren, those in Jerusalem. So you have this contrast going on. Let's begin with the situation of the apostle, verse 1 and 2. Notice first in verse 1, the period of time is described to be 14 years after Paul had gone up to Jerusalem. The people who went with Paul were Barnabas and Titus. Notice Paul went up to communicate to those in Jerusalem that gospel which he had preached among the Gentiles. Paul had not really gone in his first time to Jerusalem to do this. That wasn't the purpose of it. He, he was running from King Aretas. He was going to take his head off, and he went, and he was just there for 15 days. He preached the gospel, and then he was sent on R&R. This journey was specific to communicate to the Jews the gospel that he was preaching to the Gentiles because that was the question that was going on here. Now, notice Paul went up to meet privately with those who were of reputation. The word of reputation identifies those church leaders who were chosen by God at Jerusalem. Now, Paul went up to prevent any schism or division that would hinder the gospel as one and oppose the work of the Gentile. Jew and Gentile, one. One body, one spirit, one baptism. We're all the same. Now, notice secondly, the explanation of the apostle is given to us in verses 3 through 5. The problem was declared in verse 3. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Titus was a Greek in learning and custom, and the Jews were still struggling with their prejudice. Titus had been compelled by those Judaizers to be circumcised, but Paul objected. Titus was a precedential case here for biblical doctrine for salvation. Grace through faith alone, apart from circumcision. The demand was based on what? The covenant of Abraham, Genesis 17. God desires what? The circumcision of the heart. Isn't that what Paul says in Galatians 5, 3 through 4? He says, And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. If you're a Gentile and you circumcise yourself because you think you can be more righteous, now you've got to keep the whole law. He says, 
you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Ooh, heavy words. Notice secondly in verse 4, the persons creating the problem were what? They're identified here. Their measure came up short, a counterfeit, false brethren. They did not measure up to what? The truth of the gospel. There's your standard, people. The gospel of Christ is your standard. It's the plumb line. The gospel doesn't lie. The gospel will say you're right on or you're right off. Their method was described as infiltration of the church body by deception and investigation. Look at the phrase secretly brought in. That's how they come. The phrase spy out means to make a treacherous investigation with hostile intent. It's only found this one time in the New Testament. This is their motive. This is their method. The emphasis is on looking out for the weak position to defeat, destroy, and to conquer. What? Their liberty. Their motives were destructive to bring them into bondage. The law. And this has been the history of the church to enslave people so that the pastor or a group of men are looked up to and they tell you how to live and what to do and where to go and who to marry. No. You are free to live unto Jesus Christ and Christ is the one who directs and guides your life through his word. No one else. Notice thirdly in verse 5. The refusal to yield is declared. He says, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. You and I say, not for a minute. In other words, no way, no how. Paul was not budging. The situation was heated dissension. Let me read you Acts. Acts 15, 1 and 2. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you can't be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. The church needs to have the boldness and the knowledge of Christ to oppose those who do not teach the truth of the gospel. First Peter 3.15 says that we are to give an answer to every man for the reason of the hope that lies in us with meekness and fear. The church needs to realize that there are false brethren in every church body. Titus 1.10 tells us that and 2 John 1.7. Many other scriptures, but those two will do. They're all over. They infiltrate as wolves in sheep's clothing, trying to draw disciples after themselves, as Paul told the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, 30. They build entire theologies on a pet doctrine, twisting the scriptures, as Peter says they were doing to Paul's scriptures in 2 Peter 3, 16. They usually proclaim they have a truth that has been ignored by the church for so long or a new revelation like we have seen throughout the years kingdom theology that we are to just get Christians into public office and, and the world's just going to get better and it's going to turn to Christianity, right? Or like a shepherding doctrine where I disciple you so I'm your elder and I give you all permission, you tithe to me and all this. That's junk. Liberation theology that gives 
license to violence as Christians to overthrow governments. Barking in the spirit, growling like dogs and barking like dogs. Special revelation, new revelation. They profess to know God, but they deny him, Titus 1.16 says. In verse 6, the personal confrontation by the apostle is given to us. Now, confrontation is something that most people try to avoid until they have absolutely no choice. Notice Paul objected to the abuse of represented authority by the false brethren. He says, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man for those who seem to be something added nothing to me. Paul has returned to his thought of verse 2, those of reputation, those who seem to be something. They were falsely representing the leaders. The Judaizers were falsely representing the leaders as if they were in support of them by mentioning them. They were using the leaders' past relationship to Christ to intimidate and to influence. Paul says, whatever they were. <laughs> I like Paul. Now, I recognize God's grace and his mercy and his incredible wisdom to use certain men. We read about Moody, Finney, Wesley. We think about Billy Graham, Pastor Chuck Smith, and others who God has used tremendously. And I hope you thank God for them, and I hope you honor them and respect them, but I hope that you're not intimidated by them. I hope you don't, you know, I'm, I, I, they're men just like you. Remember that. We need to remember that. They failed to realize that it would make no difference to Paul. They foolishly gave themselves away by showing favoritism and being impressed with men. And it's ugly when you see it. God shows no favoritism to any man. Literally, he does not receive the face of man. Now, you and I are prone to receive the face of man. Let me tell you, if a beautiful young lady comes up and talks to any of us men, we are prone to give more attention to her. Can't deny it. I've got to fight it. If a man would walk in with a nice expensive jacket, jewelry and everything, he walks in here, he would catch our eye, but hopefully it wouldn't cause us to respect him. But those are the realities of life, what we see, what we hear. So I've got to put on the mind of Christ, and I've got to say, no, you know, that, that's not right. And I've got to yield to the Spirit of God. Paul objected to their implication that his authority was inferior to the leaders in Jerusalem. He says, for those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. Paul was not disputing or being derogatory to the leaders at Jerusalem, as some believe through our English translation might imply. The phrase, who seem, in verse 6 twice in verse 9 and one time reputation back in verse 2 are all the same word, those of recognized authority. 
Paul is knocking two birds with one stone. He is saying, they don't impress me, but you're using them as if they stand behind you. I'm not going to believe that until I get down there and find that out from there. See, too often we believe what people say about other people before going back to the person. That's Matthew 18, people. When somebody starts saying something to you about somebody else, stop, hang on, hang on. Have you talked to this person about it? Does this person know you're saying this? Because if not, I'm going to talk to them today. Stop them dead in their tracks. That will stop gossip in here, in your home, and everywhere else. Go back to the source. The Judaizers were using this phrase, and Paul is utilizing it. Those that seemed to be something, and they were dropping it on point. So Paul starts using it. They don't mean nothing to me. Paul was declaring that his authority and gospel were not supplemented by these leaders. He's already shared that in chapter 1. The word added means to contribute or supply something by another. It's translated confer in chapter 1, verse 16. Remember when he says, I did not confer with flesh and blood? In other words, flesh and blood did not add nothing to my gospel. Same word. Now notice, secondly, the personal recognition of the apostle. First, Paul was recognized by the elders in Jerusalem in view of the evidence that he had been given the gospel for the uncircumcision. The word saw means to know, understand, comprehend, and to perceive. In other words, this was the work of the Holy Spirit by those in Jerusalem. All of a sudden, the light turned on. It's happened to you. It's happened to me. We're looking at the script. We don't understand. Then one day we're saying, boom, light comes on. Remember math? How hard? Common denominators? And you, you run out of toes and fingers. And, and all of a sudden, one day, the light comes on. The word is used of Jesus when he saw the multitude in Matthew 8, 18. Because his light was always on. <laughs> he knew everything. The entire church was aware of Peter's testimony regarding Cornelius. Remember Acts 15, 7 through 10 through 11? He tells them. Brethren and brethren, I went to the house of Cornelius. God showed me the Gentiles. Remember in Acts 11, uh, 1 through 3, Peter got, took a couple of Jews with him because he knew he was going to get busted when he got back to Jerusalem. He's walking into a, a Gentile home. He wanted to have some testimony. Peter explained that God sovereignly saved them in verse 14 and six through 16 of Acts 11 because they were confronting him. They were opposing him. And Peter's conclusion was that who was he to withstand God, Acts eleven seventeen. Who am I to withstand God from saving anyone he wants? Am I going to set a new standard? And I said, well, you know, if you never drink and if you never smoke, that makes you righteous. No, it just makes you a sober guy going to hell. That's all. doesn't make anything else. doesn't save you. The circumcision conclusion was that God had granted to the Gentiles repentance to life, Acts eleven eighteen. Yes. Paul and Barnabas declared how many miracles God had performed among the Gentiles in Acts 15, 12. Remember, they were going up there, and as they went up to Jerusalem, they were telling everybody what happened in the first, second missionary journey, and they were all rejoicing. Man, they were just telling. God's done all this. The prophets agreed to the calling of the Gentiles, James says in Acts 15, 14 through 17. All the evidence stood against these false brethren. And so notice, Paul was recognized. 
to have been committed the gospel of the uncircumcision as Peter for the circumcision by the leaders in Jerusalem. The word for denotes to whom the gospel was to be given without any reference to distinction in kind of the gospel. In other words, there is no different gospel. I preach the same gospel to Mexicans when I go to Mexico, to South Americans, to over in Europe. I have never asked, well, do you have the English gospel? Do you have the Mexican gospel? No, the gospel is the gospel. It's the same. Don't culturalize the gospel. Don't contaminate it. The word committed means to put the trust with, implying a permanent commission in the perfect hands. The term was used of a technical word for an imperial government of Rome under duty. Paul declares this again in 1 Timothy 1.11 and Titus 1.3. And trust it to him, the gospel. Now notice the gospel for the uncircumcision did not forbid Paul from preaching to the circumcision as it is evident in Acts and Peter to the uncircumcision. They both went, right? But their primary call was to the Jew and to the Gentile. That didn't mean they couldn't preach to Gentile or Jew. Paul went to the Jews always first. After he got persecuted, he went to the Gentile. Peter went to the Jews, but he went to the house of Cornelius, right? I'm walking down the street and somebody says, oh, can you tell about Jesus? Oh, no, I, are you Mexican? I can only share with Mexicans. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. Paul and Peter were recognized to be mere vessels of God. God's Holy Spirit as effective instruments. The apostleship refers to the sphere of ministry, not the kind of gospel again. The word effectively, we get our word energy from it. It is the Holy Spirit which energizes his word in our lives and the reality of that salvation, no one else. Now notice thirdly here, verse nine and 10. The personal confirmation of the apostle. First in verse nine, Paul and Barnabas were confirmed by the leaders of Jerusalem because they perceived that grace was given to them by God. And the word grace, you know, speaks of the particular ministry to who? The Gentiles. This is the context. Grace here is synonymous with the gospel to the Gentiles, okay? That's what it's used. The priority is given by James because he is the leader and was the leader of the church at Jerusalem and the key spokesman as Acts 15, 13 shows us. The pillars refer to the three, James, Cephas, and John. The metaphor of pillars means stability, strength for a building. In this case, the building of God, the church. And the word comes from the word stool, which means to stiffen, a post or a support, and it's found four times in the New Testament. Pillars, God uses men as weak as we are. He uses us to do great works so that everybody can be in awe of God, not a man. God has put this treasure in this earth and vessel of the power of me of God, the excellent may be of God, not of ourselves, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Notice Paul and Barnabas were confirmed as being one in the fellowship of God by giving them what? the right hand of fellowship, and the phrase right hand in Scripture speaks of honor, authority, privilege. And the word fellowship, you know, is koinonia. No English word can translate it. It means partnership, commonness, oneness, interaction, reciprocalness. It's, it's that oneness. It's just back and forth. It's used of the fellowship of the believer, of the Son of God, of the Holy Spirit, of the gospel of the Father throughout Scripture. 
And notice that Paul and Barnabas will confirm also in their commission to the Gentiles, distinct from theirs to the circumcision. Now we are told by Luke that they returned to Antioch in Acts 15, 22-35. After this whole ordeal, they went back to the ministry of the Gentiles. By the way, the missionary outburst was not from the church in Jerusalem. It was always from the church at Antioch. The Gentiles. The Jews lost vision. The Jewish church lost vision. Now notice, Paul and Barnabas were confirmed by their care for the poor. This was not a condition or stipulation for the acceptance of fellowship, but an affirmation that was already going on. The word remember implies benefit or care and literally keep on remembering. The word eager means diligence, to be prompt, earnest. The tense declares it was going on all along, as the scriptures tell us. This was Paul's practice continuously. The Old Testament commanded it. The New Testament gives evidence all over Paul's epistles. Romans 15, 25, 1 Corinthians 16, 1, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and so on and so forth. Now, when you take a diamond to a jeweler to confirm its genuineness, it doesn't make it authentic, but it only verifies its genuineness. And so Paul with Barnabas. They did not go up to Jerusalem to be verified apostles so that they had a good gospel. It just was verified. That's all it was. How often men want to be recognized by others to meet their own emotional and psychological needs so they go into the ministry. The motive is not love for others, but love for self. They want to be in the chief seats. They want to be acknowledged in the marketplace like the Pharisees. At other times, people want to be recognized to receive glory and admiration. It's, it's a tempting. Paul says, what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why are you glorying? In 1 Corinthians 4, 7. He tells them, who is Apollos? Who is Peter? Who is Paul? Nobody. Who died for you? We're nothing but instruments of God. One waters, one plants, but God gives the increase. Recognition comes from God and his timing. If it ever comes at all. Can you handle that? <laughs> Psalm 75, 6 through 7. Recognition comes when evidence is seen in our lives regarding God's word by the Holy Spirit. It is required that a steward be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. How each of us need to be confirmed as to the grace given to us in our particular ministries. We need to confirm that we are all in the same fellowship in spite of our diverse callings and gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Thank God we're different. We need to be different. Have you ever had your hand fight your foot? Have you ever had your foot kick your face? Aren't we silly in the church? We need to confirm our care of people by our diligence and consistency in the present as well as the future. Not thinking that I have arrived, attaining but laying hold on that for which I was laid hold on for by Jesus Christ, Philippians 3, 12 through 14, pressing towards that mark. The resolution of the apostle was grace through faith in Jesus, not law. So the testing of Paul's independent apostle or gospel here at Jerusalem exposed the false claims of the Judaizers and it was described by these three movements. The situation of the apostle was critical. The explanation of the apostle was straight and to the point, and the resolution of the apostle was grace through faith in Jesus, not law. May God embed that in our heart. 
We come as we are. And grace is sufficient. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the one true gospel, one of grace and readily available to all who are willing to receive it. Now today's message in defense of the gospel is available for only $4. We can send you a copy on CD, which will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now once again, the title to ask for is In Defense of the Gospel, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. What kind of life is in store for those who surrender to the gospel? That's our topic next time, right here on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 